actually do worry about the well-being of like, our employees sometimes, you know, making sure uh, we're not putting them under too much pressure. Not being sarcastic, I, I, I like people. It's okay to disagree. Like, let's disagree about technical stuff. All the large companies in tech have their own sort of unique dev culture. Us open source people infecting yeah. Microsoft with our, with our disease. Buy or build is the first option. Yeah. So with Microsoft, so the initial preference is to go build it yourself. This code runs on a billion machines. You're telling me it's not good enough. Hi, I'm Paul Berger, founder of CircleCI. I'm Edith Herba, CEO and co-founder at LaunchDarkly. And you're listening to To Be Continuous, a podcast about continuous delivery and software development. You can get in touch with us anytime at our Twitter handle, at ContinuousCast. The show is brought to you by Heavybit. To learn more, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. So what do you like least about open source? <laughs> As somebody who has to help teams become open from Microsoft, and learn how to work in an open source community. Sometimes people aren't always very friendly and it takes a lot of mental energy to be nice and be professional and be polite and suck it up. You know, and there's a reason why we can't have nice things on the internet and why you never read the YouTube comments and sometimes you just have to, to go with it. And I actually do worry about uh, the well-being of like, our employees sometimes, you know, making sure uh, we're not putting them under too much pressure. Yeah, and I was uh, just to piggyback. I think that's probably the thing I would say too. But like, you know, thinking about the morale of engineers, especially at Microsoft, who've never like really been out in the open and been transparent about the code that they write and stuff. Uh -huh. So too, yeah. Yeah, I read this great tweet from uh, Solomon Hikes, the co-founder of Docker, and he yeah. said he wanted to restart an open source without his own name. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now would be a great time. Uh, we're recording from the floor of Microsoft Build, Microsoft's develop biggest developer conference. I'd love for you two to introduce yourselves. Sure, so hi, my name's Martin Woodward. Um, I work on the Visual Studio Team Services team over there, and working with a bunch of communities. Before that, I was the executive director of the .NET Foundation, and then before that, I helped introduce Git into Microsoft, and then um, I was a, a company that did Java tools and things like that. I got acquired, where I used to work with Ed as an MVP. Yeah, we've been together 12 years now. I know. So yeah. Since the beginning of TFS, so we, we went through all those years. But I'm Ed Blankenship. Um, I'm now the product manager for our DevOps family of products and services. So that includes Visual Studio Team Services and TFS and Application Insights and Hockey Apps. So, yeah. So I'm interested in, in this thing that you said because the idea that maybe people are a little unpleasant in the open source community and, and the internet in general, that, that's an idea I've, I've never actually come across before. So First time hearing this. Yeah. Well, are you being sarcastic, Paul? Okay. Oh, all right, all right, all right. All right. For the record, okay. not. Okay. <laughs> right, is, is that no. too subtle? I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the, the favorite part of my job as executive director it was, is I got to work with the coolest people. Mm -hmm. like, there, there's so many people out there who are just awesome. Like Shifky, Brendan Foster, uh, he works at GitHub, and Brad Wilson, and, and Oren Novotny, and just these awesome, awesome people in the community who are just amazing fountains of energy and creativity. And, you know, I've you know, been in startups before, had a, had a real job before I came to Microsoft, and you always build this list of the people you want to go steal when you, mm -hmm. when you do your next startup. 
you know, you want to, these are the people I'm going to go try and get to work for me sometime if I can. And I get to work with all those people. And I don't, you know, we don't pay them. We don't pay each other. I was just there helping them be better at doing it. So that, that side's awesome. And you've got to hang on to that side. And you get people turning up with amazing gifts of code and amazing, like, detailed uh, bugs and things like that. And it's, it's all awesome. And then you get the odd people who like to troll. You get the odd people who like to, you know, be snarky on comments. And they just kind of forget that there's people behind those yeah. things mm -hmm. and you know if we could keep the conversation about like it's okay to disagree mm -hmm. yeah like, let's disagree about technical stuff well it, it's funny because I, I i see that there's there's sort of two two extremes uh, maybe extremes isn't, isn't the right word maybe two camps of people right one one camp and and nadia who was on our our um podcast um last year sometime another one in, in, in this camp of like, let's be nice to each other on the internet. Like yeah. the, we're, we're a big community, we're, we're people, you know, let, let's, all, let's all be nice. And then there's the, the other camp, which has some very famous people in it, and I'm thinking Linus Torvalds, uh, Eric Raymond, for example, who are like, who gives a shit about people's feelings? Yeah. Like code, code is the only thing that counts. And as, as a member of, of the former group, it's, it's the, very, the, the feelings count. The, feel, the feelings yeah, yeah. count. And just to check, can't. you're not being sarcastic right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not being sarcastic. I, I, I like people. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to, to, to explain to someone why, why yeah. they should care about the feelings of other people. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I also wonder sometimes, you know, like some of the stuff that we see, I wonder if it's like because we're Microsoft employees. Yeah, and we've, we've, been we've got late. a lot of history. And, yeah. you know, and because you represent an entity that's kind of, you know, you are... A, Historically a, a, evil. Yeah, but you've got your other face of it, you know what I mean? And so people think, well, you work there, you know, you suck it up. And mm -hmm. we do have to, but it does take toll on our staff, so we have to help them. But you were saying about, like, Linus, and he's, he can be sweary at times. One of my first, there's a, a famous commit over a pull request on, on libgit2, which is a project I committed mm -hmm. to. And I had to uh, help get libgit2 to be able to be shipping a Microsoft product. And this was actually the first time we'd ever shipped um, a GPL v2 um, mm -hmm. type license product inside inside any Microsoft product. Right, right, and so right, there was yeah. a few nervous things about it. There was a few things I had to do. And you know, I'm always trying to like balance requirements from the lawyers and different people yeah. and actually uh, what I'm going to get laughed out of court it's, for. And it's, it's full GPL, it's not LGPL. Well, no, it's actually, well, it's actually more liberal than GPL because okay. libgit2 is GPL v2 with a linking exception, okay, which okay. for us license wonks means you're allowed to link to it, whereas LGPL is certain... Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so they were, but there was a bunch <laughs> of... The I'll, I'll swerve away from yeah. that topic. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I think it was just so funny, like, how much... We were trying to go under the table, like as much as possible, like not be seen at Microsoft, well, yeah, and still try to do it. Yeah, so like we were trying Jason, to do the right yeah. thing. Well, we weren't. Yeah, we were. We, we were very open with the actual community themselves. Right, right, right. Um, but we hadn't announced that we were going to ship Git in a Microsoft yeah. product, but we were contributing to the projects we needed to contribute in. So with libgit too, because we were going to actually ship the source code with the binary, because that's part of the license. We wanted to make sure we did that. We have a rule inside Microsoft of making sure we don't ship swear words in products. Oh, oh that, that, That's not true of Paul's podcast. Yeah, you know, it's a complete legit, legit to swear as much as you like on this podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. Totally fine. So, definitely one of my early pull requests into LibGit2 mm -hmm. was to remove the Linus's sweariness yeah, yeah, from the comments. Yeah. Now, so... Like, and this is an interesting skill you've got to teach developers inside the team is how, how to get a pull request merged. Yeah, yeah. Because it's no yeah. good just coming along and going, um, I work for Microsoft. I'd like to use... Are we allowed to swear, by the way? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like, I like to remove some swear words from this, you know, and they're just going to laugh you out. I was like, yeah, how yeah, am I going to yeah. get this Paul Rukas to get accepted? Yeah. And the obvious way to do it is to turn it into a joke. So I sent the, uh, the submission in, and it was basically removing expletives and all that sort of stuff from, uh, you know, from the code and tidying up the code because it had to pass our internal quality checks. Mm-hmm. That, that was the pull request that it came in. But I was trying to think, how do I make this into a joke? How do I make this into a joke? So I checked, I made the branch name was uh, Fuckity Fuck. <laughs> and so the first comment was, I love that yeah. <laughs> Fuckity Fuck has now been embedded into the LibGit2 history, nice. which doesn't ship with the product, you see. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. 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 So we like that, and we all laugh about that still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in LibGit2. You can find that anyone can find the pull request. It's great. The, the, this could have backfired horribly. I'm imagining like they they put it right into the change log. Yeah, and it's like yeah. the new fuckity fuck release. Yeah, from Microsoft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and I think that was a really interesting thing, though. So Martin said, like, hey, we hadn't actually announced that we were going to have you know distributed version control. If anything else, yeah. get inside of our products. And for the whole year, right before, it was like open commits happening. And I've always wondered like, what other like big news is happening just at Git commits? commit history yeah. like all across <laughs> now with, with that particular one we'd actually gone out and so back in then so we, we, we basically I was on an, I was on an airplane mm-hmm. and I was read, traveling over to Seattle and I was reading The Innovator's Dilemma Yep. and it's a book where everyone's seen the title of and everyone thinks they know mm-hmm. what it means from reading the title but you know, there's lots of people that haven't actually read it and if you actually, uh, actually read it it's really really good I love that book yeah, extremely appropriate for modern Microsoft Everyone in my, every manager in Microsoft should be forced to read it every year. Exactly. Oh, wow. It's that important. Because it, it helps to, how to identify disruptive technologies and then also business, you know, tactics of how to organize a business to do it. We did it wrong. But, uh, but it, it still worked, which I'm always amazed about. So I was reading this book and I was thinking, this is how hard to identify a disruptive technology. And I'd also been kind of mulling in my head that like distributed version control and centralized version control, like two mm-hmm. different... And I was like, oh my God, distributed version control is disruptive technology to, yeah. to us as a, as a tech. What, what, what year is this? That this is 2009, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 2009, November 2009 it was, and mm-hmm. I flew over. I was thinking, wow, it's disruptive technology. And I was like, huh. Because it had a completely different cost model. You know, because all the processing is done on the client, mm-hmm. right. it's really cheap to host. Mm. Yes, and and so like, <laughs> and you know, in terms of in terms of managing the cogs of a cloud yeah, service, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then we, we're used to using centralized version control systems, which are really hard to scale because you've got it. Like when you've got a load of Microsoft sixty-five thousand developers hacking on that thing all day, yeah. your servers have to be really beefy. And so it's a really interesting problem space. And then it's like, oh, disruptive technology. What you know? What do we do with it? And we actually have to identify it, and then how we're going yeah. to adopt. And then we had to make the decision. Like it's t- again, two thousand nine. So. Um, we had the, the, the three options on the table were, we need distributed version control. So we're Microsoft, three options now. One, it, 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 buy, buy or build is the first option. Yeah, so yeah, we're Microsoft, yeah. so the initial preference is to go build it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're smarter than everything. everybody else. Yeah, 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 that, that'll yeah. work out fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next option. Well, it worked out really well with, uh, with the team foundation server or whatever. Team whatever. TFEC, team foundation version control, there we which go. is yeah, still yeah. in the product. But yeah, well, that's so what we want to do was add a distributed version control to it. And I was talking to one of the engineers and he was like, yeah, what we'll do is we'll ship a version of SQL Lite onto everybody. I'm like, oh, no, shoot me. So there was that. Or we could have worked with the Mercurial community and added Mercurial into the product. Yeah. Or we could look at Git. And then so we sat down and we had a look at that. 
And basically, there was lots of different things that weighed into it. One was we were seeing that Git was being used more and more in actual continuous delivery cycles as, a, as the channel by which you transfer changes, which mm -hmm. was a fascinating yeah, yeah. thing. And the, once you dig into Git, you realize that the way it transfers the network protocol is the file protocol. It's basically the repository moving across disk. It doesn't, it's very, very minimalist. It's great classic, I, I love Linus, it's great classic Linus mm. architecture because it's so, it's simple and yet works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very immutable. Yeah, have, yes. Have, have, have you seen that talk where he announced Git at Google? No. It is an amazing talk, you could look it up on YouTube and it's basically him, him himself announcing Git and oh. the Google engineers just shouting him down. Wow. <laughs> like, like, like them being like, this will never work, this yeah. is idiotic, uh, how do you stick yeah. changes? There's so many ways in Git that, like, as a source control wonk, that, like, wrong, like, it makes guesses about things. Like, you don't make guesses with version control, you know precisely what happens. <laughs> it's just, like, heuristics, but yeah. they're always right. Even, like, the using, you know, Sha for hashing and things like that, and it's mm -hmm. like, what if you have a hash glitch and it never happens? So, you know. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a brilliant video just because, yeah. like, it showed how nobody understood it at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, so, I, yeah. interestingly, so I, I have a backstory of, of Git. That, that it's a I, backstory I, for my backstory? A backstory for your backstory. And I have no idea if, if, if this backstory is true or not. And I don't want to inquire because if, if you get too close to the truth, you, you might not be able to tell the story again. <laughs> is, is, it like, is it like looking at the sun? Yeah, so, so, so what, uh, Git was apparently based on, on Monotone. Right? And Monotone was, was this thing that was written by Graydon Horror, who's the guy who wrote Rust. And he, he had been writing it, and it was, it was slow for reasons I don't, I don't remember. And Linus had, had looked at it, at it, and it's like, Monotone is the thing I want to hack on, sent Graydon an email. And Graydon replied, would love to help, but I'm in Greece and have no internet for, for several weeks. And he came back, and then Git was, was written. <laughs> and so like, huh. Monotone is now dead, and, and Git has taken over, and, and there is no credit um, for, for Graydon, as, as far as I can tell. It, it always it comes down to him as well, you know, in terms of Linus, like creating it over a weekend and all mm -hmm. these sorts of things. That, you know, the initial like, things began, did begin very early, but then very quickly people like uh, uh, Junior came on and started contributing in, and then Perth, who's in the community as well. Like, you know, people very, very quickly piled onto that central community and mm -hmm. then build up. But anyway, it was an interesting question when we were doing it, which one do we pick? And the Git was winning in those areas, but then everyone would say, but Mercurial works better better on Windows. Yeah. So you think Mercurial works better on Windows and Mercurial is more user-friendly? And, yeah. and it is. Both, both true. Both true. Yeah. At the time, anyway, especially yeah. on the works well on Windows. And then so, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then I went to a couple of different conferences and I thought, right, I'm going to go to every session I can go to about Git or Mercurial. And this was like an Eclipse con or something, because I was in the Eclipse community. So this was like the Eclipse con. And like, there was sort of, you know, 90 bajillion Git sessions and four Mercurial sessions. I'm mm -hmm. like, huh? Hmm. And then the final one was, I was just sat there and I was thinking, so the reason we would pick Mercurial is because, you know, it works better than Git on Windows. I work for Microsoft. Surely we can <laughs> fix that part. Yeah. And then let's just have Git. And then it'd be better. And the reason for backing Git was because it wasn't just... It was better for the whole community, mm. but it'd also make sure it was pretty looking like Git was going to win... And then if Git was going to win, but it didn't run well on Windows, then the whole Windows developer community would get left behind uh, in, yeah. this, in this, you know, this little sort of Galapagos Island of, you know, of, you know, not yeah. So, yeah. so again, it was to make sure that the, Git, the Windows developers weren't yeah. left behind in their own little ghetto. So not, I, not Mercurial is awesome. Don't, don't come after me. Yeah. How do you know someone's a Mercurial user? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I, I worked at Mozilla at the time that that, 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 that decision was being made, like oh. Mercurial, Mercurial, Git. And, and the thing that, that I think that everyone missed, like pe people made, made the decision on technical merits, right? Yes. And, and exactly like you're saying, you know, works better on Windows, which yeah. was a consideration for us, and more, more user-friendly. And the thing that, that I think that they missed out is that that is not how developer communities work. Developer communities make decisions on fashion. Right, they're, they're, they're extremely fashion conscious. The the thing that looks cool is the thing that's going to win, and technical merits matter basically fuck all. Huh. Yeah. So it's also you get to like a there's a a curve, isn't there as well? In some you get past this curve where it just starts to snowball, and then you've gone. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. The, 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 one of the clinches for us as well was we were looking at Xcode. And Xcode used to have a pluggable SCM model because mm -hmm. SCM was always very, uh, source control, sorry, was always yeah. very sticky. And then Xcode used to have a pluggable model for source control providers. And then with the new Xcode, and I'm so, like, I think, I think it was like Xcode 3, Xcode 4, or whatever, I can't remember now, mm -hmm. it's that long ago. But with the new version of Xcode, it was no longer pluggable. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, huh. And the only options were Git and SVN. Mm -hmm. And we're like, huh. So we're going to have to build some kind of Git translation. If we built our own, we'd have to build Git translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just build Git. Yeah. So that's what yeah. we did. And then we had to work with the open source community. We had to, because if we're making that much of a strategic bet on yeah. an open source product, it's no good just adopting Git. You have to contribute because code talks. Right, right, code right. Code does right. talk for open oh, source Oh, it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. It talks cheap. Unless you come with solutions, it's no good. So we had to get there and provide stuff. Yeah. So you were telling us just, just for the show yeah. about you, you signed up for the GitHub account. So I created Microsoft's GitHub account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T t t tell us about that. So, it, yeah, it yeah. wasn't the... Yeah, I could... Well, let's see how many backstories <laughs> do I <laughs> get. I was going to say, the backstories are way There's more There's a few in here that yeah. are interesting. So let's see. So the highlight news right now is, is like, you know, six and a half, seven thousand engineers from Microsoft working on GitHub day in, day out. That is their job. Like, that's an amazing transition. That's today. That's today. That's today. Yeah. So uh, back then, so I, I so at this point is zero. Um, and now there were other GitHub orgs that belonged to Microsoft. I was the uh, owner for um, CodePlex, which was Microsoft's open source community. And at the time, kind of the rule was, there's a couple of rules, but one of the rules was, uh, <laughs> which, we've, which we've slowly been walking back. That's one of the hardest things in the big companies. To, you yeah, know, we've got yeah. the process now a lot more streamlined. Yeah. But um, back then, yeah. So one of the rules was like, open source goes to CodePlex, and then, you know, uh, that, the open source goes to Coplex, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there were teams that were like, well, I don't want to go to Coplex because I need to talk to XYZ community. They don't use Coplex and blah, blah, blah. I'll never, I'll never get spotted. And they were right. You know, they need to go where the community is. So people were not wanting to fight the battle about creating the Microsoft org. And so then they would create, like, team accounts. And another problem was yeah. they'd also yeah. do, well, Microsoft's got a really bad reputation in the open source community. I kind of don't want to affiliate myself with Microsoft yeah. mm -hmm. because then they'll not take me serious. So they create, like, a Visual Studio account? Well, yeah. Like and Azure, Azure and Do yeah, You know, yeah, yeah. what .NET was a different one. We deliberately created that because that's, that's a separate foundation. That's right. That's right. So, so, you had, so you had stealth. You had well, dark, dark no, I So I decided to find the battle because I've you know I don't know why because you're Martin <laughs> <laughs> and we had Brian yeah yeah, yeah yeah it helps when you've got air cover when you've got executive yeah, air yeah. cover but uh, yeah so uh, no I just it was the right thing to do because we're never going to convince the community that Microsoft is serious about open source if you kept hiding and it's yeah. only by and the only points of branding within a GitHub org are the URL and the, the you know and the, like the org logo kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. They're the only branding points, and so we needed that to be Microsoft. We need to score 
brand credits mm -hmm. everywhere. So when you go, you know, when you go look at PowerShell, when you go look at TypeScript, when you go look at uh, .NET, well, .NET's different, again, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. services. Yep. When you yeah, look at these different yeah. open source projects that Microsoft contribute to, you want to know in your mind that they're coming from Microsoft, and that's the only way we're going to start to change perception. And I think we're beginning to, I hope so, anyway. Yeah. So, um, so I needed to do that. We needed to accrue to the brand. Um, but what I also needed to do was make sure then that Codeplex was... Um, you know, change the rules so that people didn't have to publish to Coplex and mm -hmm. allow them to go to the Microsoft org. And then you've got to have an interesting question about how do you make it not the wiki wild west, you know, yeah, and how yeah, you actually yeah. uh, get do it in a controlled way. The poli like we have, we've yeah, always quite good policies around. Yeah, I was going to say stuff. like that was the beginning of where we needed to really think about like tooling within the company yeah. to help manage our. GitHub we tenant. have one of the biggest GitHub tenants in the world, and it so it is. But you want to make sure, like, we get security right. Yeah. We ended up building the whole like contributor licensing agreement, like yeah. system. Yeah, like, and we have we have systems to, like, to help manage teams, think. you know, around AD groups and stuff because mm -hmm. it's just not. But anyway, it was yeah. So I created the GitHub org, and it was cool. And then TypeScript, I think TypeScript was one of the first people over yep. there. And then, yeah, it's just gone uh, great. And then we, we did a lot of stuff to change the policies inside the company to make it easier for, for people to contribute to open source. Because, again, there were hurdles they had to go through. Mm -hmm. And part of the team that did this, well, one of the things we helped people realize was if we're going to take bets on open source technologies, everybody wants to consume open source because, mm -hmm. hey, that's free, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're going to take bets on these open source technologies, you need to be able to fix those open source technologies. If you're not contributing to those open source communities, yeah. if you're not fixing them, and, and doing the effort to get a pull request merged, you're going to now be just forking. You're going to slowly diverge away from the open source project mm -hmm. if you're not constantly getting your PRs merged. And that means you're going to miss out on the free new features that arrive. And then what was the point? Yeah. Yeah. You've now just, you know, I'm just giving yourself debt. So. And you know, the other thing I saw that was really interesting during this time <laughs> is our attorney for developer division, Jason Barnwell. Awesome guy. Was like, He's like the coolest guy ever. <laughs> I have like, never heard before. He's yeah, the best lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the corporate attorney. Not only that, Microsoft corporate so attorney. Like, no, our attorneys are special. Okay? Yeah, they are very special. <laughs> They're really awesome. Because, you know, again, when you're a company that, you know, when you're coming like Microsoft, you, you hire a lot of lawyers, you get to interview a lot of lawyers, I guess. But he's like, my, I, went, I remember going into. I've got. I took a picture of the meeting because it was all very yeah. hush hush secret. I'm going to have the first meeting with the lawyers where I'm going to talk to them about the possibility of maybe introducing Git into Microsoft. The very 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 first meeting. And it was all a bit hush hush. I was like, you know, I, I held it in a building that was away from where we normally are. Yep. And I was like, this is good. And uh, but when you book a meeting room in Microsoft, you have to like add the meeting room into the meeting request. And so I added the meeting room into the meeting request. And I was like, oops, because there on the wall in <laughs> massive walls, letters like, next to the meeting room is the is the challenge tool for yeah, the day, yeah. along with Git at Microsoft. How uh, do we do it? Question marks uh, and the thing. And, so anyway, you got to book a private. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I bought I bought <laughs> the meeting with yeah, a lawyer, yeah. and the first thing he said when I was like, I came into him, and uh, I was like, hey, um, so we're thinking about introducing Git into TFS. This is why, you know, I explained it all, yep. and he's like, oh. Does that mean I can stop paying for my GitHub account? <laughs> I was like, so like, my lawyer has a GitHub account? Well, yeah, that's, so that's what Jason I meant by like, like sh yeah. shadow GitHub accounts. Yeah, 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 so like Jason, Jason like is an engineer at night. Like yeah. he, he does his legal stuff during the day oh, and he, awesome. he's like an amazing well, he's kind of as well, guy. If we have like a license issue, he'll send you a PR to fix your license <laughs> issue. Like, yeah, that's what you want from legal. <laughs> it is so yeah. cool. Uh -huh. Like I had lunch with him recently. Like yeah, yeah. all this stuff he's trying to do, like transform like our legal 
team yeah. internally like yeah. to get some anyway, stuff going. But yeah. anyway, yeah. so it was a good transition. Maybe, maybe we'll have legal ops yet. I, I, I yeah. get red line documents from my lawyers. Really? And so I'd really like a pull request with, yeah. a, with a proper diff. Because you can see the history. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, legal ops. Then you can go do blame on it. So Bloomberg Beta, one of our investors, they actually have their manual in GitHub. Well, the, yeah. the way to understand lawyers is they're people who program in English. Because mm. yeah. words have very specific meanings to them. But anyway, it, it, was, it was good fun. I, it was a good time. Yeah. And we, then, then we, so then we helped transition the whole company into being open source and help our engineers. Like, we had engineers who never, ever used GitHub before. Yeah. Who'd never, you know, and the way of developing software in Microsoft was, was, you know, because we were such a lot of IP in the house, was basically don't go out there and look, you know, we've got to develop mm-hmm. everything inside. So it's very introverted opinion. And now yeah. it's, it's transitioned yeah. amazingly to be much more external. That also, like, helped us about two and a half years ago. We started thinking about, like, how we built software. Yeah. yeah. And, like, we were, we were learning about, like, all the different open source workflows and how they could actually help enterprise software development as well. Yeah, we've inner source, basically. In inner source, yeah. right. And so, like, I think one of the best decisions that came out of even all of our transformation here was we used to have engineering systems all over the place internally. And then we also had an engineering system that we made available to our customers, too, yeah. and our developers. And so, like, that two and a half years ago, we decided, like, hey, why do we have different engineering systems? Like, why can't we just build the best engineering system and have you know, good portability across the company. All of this was like happening all at the same time. And then finally we made a decision yeah. at the senior leadership level. Yeah, it was, it was at such level. But that, the interesting thing about, the reason why we had separate ones was because like, because the Windows team have specific requirements and yep. they want to do something to work on their system. Mm-hmm. So they've got, you know, you've got, we've got, you know, Source control and work item tracking, issue tracking, and you know build, build an RM and all that sort of stuff built into yeah. VSTS, which is Visual Studio Team Services, is what my, is what Windows now use. But when we have when we had that system, they were like, well, you know, the reason I'm not classic corporate architecture: the further somebody is from you in the org chart, the more stupid they are. That's just, <laughs> that's just actually how it is. So true. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, why we're not gonna we're not gonna use their thing because they're idiots. And we need to we need to do our thing, and we're super special. We have very different problems from everybody else. Right, of course. <laughs> and, and they're saying the exact everybody same thing else. about you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else. And so, um, so everybody. But, but so the, the the trick that we had to do was we had to basically invest in quite a, a very very deep extensibility model into VSTS, so that then the Windows team, if they want. VSTS to work a certain way, here you go, here's, here's the API, and it was a very much of an open source workflow. You want it, you extend it. If you want to do it, you bring your people, add it. But what we did as well, we opened up the source control. In yeah. the old days, everybody's source control repositories were locked down, nobody had access to everybody else's source control. Now I'm in engineering, I have access to the Windows source control code base, and I have mm-hmm. access to Office as well as my own. And if if I want to go send a pull request to Notepad to add Windows, you know, Unix line ending support, finally, yeah. which I've tried to do about five times, actually, <laughs> it's surprisingly a hard engineering problem. And I can explain why if you really want to know. But um, when, if you want to add, hypothetically speaking, yes. if you wanted to add Unix line ending support into Notepad, yeah, I could send that pull request. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't get approved because it affects like 90 bajillion files. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but you could. And that was the other thing, is getting people yeah. used to a model of restricted write 
permissive read again right. in, in, in a source because mm-hmm. inside Microsoft when you had access to version control you had access you didn't necessarily exercise it right. and so get into that model it's, it's been a fascinating transition it's been a big transformation for us yeah. Yeah. I knew we'd won though I knew we were winning like the mind share of developers you mean as Microsoft as inside Microsoft so by we I mean us open source people infecting yeah. Microsoft uh. with, our, with our disease uh, <laughs> um, I knew we were winning when Microsoft uh, we're in a very email centric company still we use Teams and Yammer and things like that as well but we're very very email centric still when you have a baby you send out the usual we've had a baby and a picture comes out and then mm. everybody sends out the obligatory oh lovely baby picture you know it's what you do it's, it's, it's email etiquette yeah. Yeah. yeah and so somebody sent out the obligatory we've had a baby picture you know everybody doing well and then the first reply came back from one of the devs saying plus one looks good to merge uh, <laughs> yeah. we've won nice yes. nice <laughs> So it's, it's, it's funny that all the large companies in tech have their own sort of unique dev culture. And, and some of it leaks out and some yeah. of it looks like what the, the open source world and what all the small companies look like. And, and some of it doesn't. And now, you know, compared to Google, which just is its own unique thing, yep. Apple, who doesn't talk to anyone, yeah. right? Amazon, which has 50 million unique things and, and, and who knows, and, and Facebook, which is sort of its own unique, unique sort of monoculture as well. Uh, and doesn't really make dev tools, so it doesn't matter. Uh, like Microsoft is <laughs> the one that kind of looks closest to, to what the open source people are doing. And who the fuck saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Martin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to take it. It was a big team of us. Hey, yeah. we really. So one of the tricks we did there, and again, this was to make sure people use their personal GitHub accounts. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So we don't. Exactly. We didn't require somebody to create a Microsoft-specific GitHub account. Mm-hmm. We instead realized that it's a very it's a social thing so we managed to convince our lawyers that um, maybe what we should use is the uh, we've already got guidelines for this produced it's our blogging guidance mm-hmm. and that was kind of a guidance that we used as a template for the rules around open source mm. and it's to do it very much as an individual as a person who works for a company and who you know and so when you sign up when you associate your Active Directory account your CorpNet account mm-hmm. with your GitHub account it, it makes sure that you are associating Microsoft as your company, that you're a member of the Microsoft org, so you get the little Microsoft badge. And so people don't feel tricked into accepting a pull request from Microsoft. They're not, they're not you know, merging. Oh, but yeah, it still yeah, comes yeah. from you as a person. Have you ever you then had a person who's working on an embarrassing side project? Uh, well, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have had people, so this, again, this goes back to how we open the show. You have to still, like, we have to be responsible employers. You have to still protect your people. And there are people who are vulnerable and you have to be careful and so you allow people to create pseudonyms you know especially if they yeah. need to we have had the odd people who we've had to give guidance to about appropriate profile pictures and things <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah mostly it's look you know you're doing so, this so, so there's it, HR for open source is yeah. what you say uh-huh. <laughs> you know so it, 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 it's interesting but yeah. it's a good problem to have anyway and it's fascinating. So, and one of the good things about that is because you're under your own name, you know, you get you build up your profile. And I see it's two your I, history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see two reactions to this, which is hilarious. One is, whenever a new team are thinking about going open source, 
there's a huge fear from their engineering group. Oh, yeah. let me just spend a year refactoring everything so the code <laughs> looks nice before I make it public. Yeah. You know, uh, why is that? I say, oh, you know, I don't, I'm gonna want it. it's gonna be public. I don't know if I want people to see it. I'm like, this code runs on a billion machines. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me it's not good enough. Oh, but it's, but, 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 it's so, totally the human reaction yeah, yeah, yeah. to that so the first time. But, but it, it improves code quality okay. because yeah, everyone's like does. now, you know, everyone's doing pull requests. They want it to be good. So it, yeah, it improves code quality. And because you know, everyone's gonna look at it and you can't, you can't slip in hacks for a deadline because yep. people get shouty. Oh, you can't yeah, hide yeah. behind. No, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's your commit yeah. spec. No, it, it's yeah. fascinating. And then the other thing is obviously people build up the, their, you know, they GitHub commit graphs and things, and it's history. And so you, you get that side as well. And so you have to look after your staff because now they're a lot more visible and they can see who's yeah. really good. Yeah. We have a chat ops bot called dot, .NET bot in the mm -hmm. .NET team, and is is a chat bot we have that um, you know we get him to do stuff for us, and you know he's got he's got a nice graphic very many you know like it can if we need to grep a bunch of files and make a bunch of changes across a lot of things like do it manually or should we get .NET bot to do it you know if we're going to do some sort of moving around the code .NET bot does it for us, and so you're in you know Teams or you're in like Gitter and you you you, you send in commands or in the pull request you send in commands to .NET bot to do things for you. So therefore, .NET bot has an amazing GitHub commit oh. graph because he's oh, yeah, committing yeah, yeah, to yeah. one of the biggest open source projects on the internet, <laughs> like every day, completely yeah. like dark green. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so he gets he gets emails from recruiters like three a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, the, the the funniest thing is, I'm actually almost convinced a robot's getting recruitment emails from another robot oh. at the uh, oh, yeah. oh, the robots yeah. are giving robots jobs yeah, yeah. oh my god it's the end of the world uh, it's all going to be yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> well um, I have a question so we heard from an, another guest about how Windows itself started using Git yes oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was, journey. yeah, that, that nearly killed me, if I'm honest. Yes. Um, yeah. Were uh, you responsible for the five stages of Git posters? Yeah. I wasn't actually, that was genius. That was genius. Yeah, that was I good. was so glad no, I got No, so I, I was responsible in the people learning the five stages of Git, potentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, the anger no, one. Yeah. No, we came in and sat down with the Windows team and we were like, hey, we need to rationalize your engineering systems. What's the deal? And so Windows is a big code base that's been built up over a lot of years. It's a big monolithic code base that's all in one hunk of stuff. One of the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the definition of a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's big, you know? It's, well, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. beyond any yeah, yeah. size. It was like, like so big. We had a... Like a we mammoth had a, we had a, one of the Yeah, we had our own version control system that we'd written to handle like the load of Windows, and it wasn't big enough to support them, so they had 26 instances of those that they would shard the code across. <laughs> it was enormous. And then, so we came in and I was like, well, Git's not gonna work for that. Like, Git works for really small, this is stupid. Git works for small modules, you need to break up the code, but we don't wanna break up the code, you're an idiot going to Git, like, why would you do that? And I'm like, no, 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 we really wanna use Git. Git's really important, it'll help us recruit, it'll help us use standard tools, it's important. So I'm like, huh. And then, so you come down to the discussion, you think, well, let's, let's break Windows up into lots of little bits. Lots of components, approach, yep. you know? let's, let's just componentize Windows. I feel like this is how microservices happened. <laughs> it's like when you thought about the world in, in SVN ways, like monoliths yeah. made yep. sense. But hey, now, like, you know, each team, we want to have our own yeah. repo. So, like, the idea that, that, that Git also did the same thing to Windows. Yes. Well, it didn't in the end. It didn't. Oh, okay. We'll come to that. It, okay. It, it, it tried. That's one of the yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely. Git does lead you to more component-based architectures, mm -hmm. yeah, which yeah. is actually better architecture. So 
It's interesting. It, it, that's probably why the teams have been successful. But yeah, uh, so move, get, move Windows to a moment-based model. And then it loaded it. It was insane, and it wasn't going to work, and it was horrible, and then we tried. It was a it, year to figure that out, too. Because uh, we, oh, we, we have the best engineers. You know, we have lots yeah. of engineers. We can solve like, this we're problem. We're going to solve this. Turns out we can't. <laughs> no. So what we did instead was wrote, you know, but all we can do is we've got a lot of computer scientists. So we ended up writing a, a file system, a virtual file system, a GVFS, Git Virtual File System, mm. which is open source. It's, it's one of it's. Uh, Microsoft.com, you know, github.com, whack Microsoft, whack GVFS. And it's, um, yeah, a virtual file system driver that knows about Git repositories and has a deep understanding in how Git repositories work. And so when you clone the Git repo, it only pulls down the portions of the Git repo you need to be able to do various operations. And then in the background, it hydrates, the, it has lots of pointers. And then it hydrates the real files and it can pull them down rather than using the Git protocols to pull them down from one master server. It pulls down binaries from you know, proxy servers, from images that are nearby and, and like virtualize a bunch of stuff. And, yeah, and it's amazing to me that it works. I was like, when the guys proposed yeah. this, the, a guy called Joe Duffy, who's a very clever guy from the Dory team, he's, I don't think he works for well, he's, he's an incredibly clever guy. I remember he first proposed it in this architecture meeting. I went, Joe, you're insane. That's never going to work. <laughs> it's never going to work. Because there's, there's a times when, because again, being the open source guy, I find, you know, I find sometimes like our audacity is annoying me at times. I'm like, that's just, you know, why would you do that? That's crazy. Nobody would do that. That's insane. TypeScript. I, I thought TypeScript was going to fail. I was like, <laughs> Anders comes to me with like, TypeScript, and we're going to open source this thing. I'm like, you're going to do thing on JavaScript? Dude, nobody's going to do that. Everybody, look, like, what's wrong with JavaScript? It's fine. <laughs> and then what do I know? Anyway, so, um, uh, yeah, so, but, but with the, I didn't think this was going to work either. Yeah. And it uh, turns out and I was wrong two again. Two weeks ago, so there you go. two weekends ago, we Two finished. weekends ago, we moved Windows over. Yeah. All in one Git repo. Yeah. And we're using GVFS. Using GVFS. So, and that gives them the performance that they need. And they're still learning, you know. Everybody has that moment yep. where, you, where you think you've lost your code and you get repo. Yeah. And there's operations, because it's such a different form of version control, there's some operations which work really well and are a lot faster than they were, but then there are other operations which are a lot slower than they were because it's got to analyze the whole, the whole tree to get the answer. So anyway, yeah. And then, um, you know, Syed has been doing a bunch of different talks about, like, hey, on this journey. Yeah, and Git, merged is and some, um, Git Merge is the big commit of view. Yeah. And so, yeah, Syed's um, got those views. We've so, got yeah. a panel tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, so by the time you hear this, you know, yeah. it'll, it'll be a good recording for you. Yeah, so, so no, it's an interesting story. And then it's all open source, and we're trying to, um, we're actually working with different people, see if we can get GVFS um, actually bundled with different Git distributions as well, so other yeah. people can take advantage of it. The tower yeah. guys, yeah. the Atlassian yeah, yeah, yeah. team, so everyone's all, been, It's like, all good, but really it's a, don't, you know, don't use it if you can possibly avoid it. Like, go component-based, mm. go for small, uh, discrete you know, bits of code, and your code will be better code, but we do have an option. Yeah. Well, this was a fascinating journey to hear you know, everything from the first account to <laughs> Windows moving to Git. Thank you so much for coming by today. Thank you. Yeah, this was Thank awesome. You. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Be Continuous, brought to you by Heavybit and hosted by me, Paul Bigger of CircleCI, and Edith Harbaugh of LaunchDarkly. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. While you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Thank you.